Hello, brothers. This is Justin Jones. Uh, I'm joined here with uh, with a handful of brothers. Uh, brothers, if you would just go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hello, everybody. It's uh, Brother Gino Scovio from um, the Rising Sun Lodge out in Aurora, Ontario, Canada, and also uh, co-host of First Three Knock. Hi, everybody. This is Bert Tellier, worshipful brother Bert Tellier, uh, no longer the immediate past master of the Rising Sun Lodge, number 129 in Aurora, Ontario, also uh, with the first three knocks. And Brother Steve Sprott here of there at the Lodge, number 220 in beautiful and historic Uxbridge, Ontario, and uh, producer of the first three knocks. What has brought each of you into the, into the fraternity? I, I enjoy community stuff. I enjoy kind of charitable things. I enjoy staying busy and being social. And, uh, and when we first moved out to Aurora seven, eight years ago now, there was a farmer's market and this building was open to the public on one of their kind of uh, open events that they have annually here in the town. And I thought, wait a minute, I've heard of them Masons before. I, I think of them as those guys, those men, the men in black and, and know all the secrets of the world and all that. And the doors wide open. I mean, what kind of secrets are this? So uh, that's kind of what struck my curiosity. And after a couple hours of boring my young daughter, who at the time was eight, that I had with me, promised that we'd only stay for five minutes um again two hours later here we are so that kind of uh got me into masonry kind of just being that in this town it's such a part of the town which i really enjoyed because in some places it's kind of really hidden and and like here it's town park it's it's right here you can't miss it we've got a big sign on the side and we're very proud to always keep our door open for anybody um, actually, Bert and I kind of started a little fun thing in his year of master, keeping that door open and the amount of people that are so curious of the craft and walk in. So that was how I kind of got introduced. I don't have any family that kind of brought me into it. Um, as far as I know, I'm the first in my whole bloodline um, going back four or five generations now because I have looked into it. But uh, that's it. So that's how I come to learn about this craft. And uh, it's been a, a wonderful ride so far. Yeah, my, mine's probably a little more traditional. You know, my grandfather was a Freemason, um, sort of unbeknownst to, to myself. And uh, I, my mother had shared some of his paraphernalia that she came across sort of cleaning out the house one day. And she uh, thought that I would want to see what it was. He had a journal, he had a Masonic Bible uh, and some other uh, pins and that type of thing. And, and I remember just reading his journal a little bit and I was a bit, struck by how well thought out this man was i mean i didn't know him of course he passed uh, probably after i was two years old so i really didn't get to spend time knowing him but but i spent a lot of time going through some of his his writings and his thinking and it really perplexed me you know the the way that he thought and he, the, the way he was organized in his life and and how he treated his relationships so it just was enough of a curiosity for me in the back of my mind, like, huh, that Freemasonry thing is kind of interesting. And then, of course, once you've been exposed, you're seeing square and compass everywhere. You know, it's like yeah, when you're buying a new no car. Turning back. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you see that car everywhere. And so um, I came across, I was living in Western Canada back then in, in uh, Calgary, Alberta. And they have like an old Western town called Heritage Park and, uh, you know, cowboy type of town and they had a tinsmith and on top of the tinsmith shop was a masonic lodge and so i'm with my family and i had to go up there and check it out because i i'd had enough I, you know i had enough curiosity 
I've seen this symbol and sign too many times. So I went up there and I started talking to uh, a Freemason who was just managing kind of like a, I would call it a Masonic museum at a, an old heritage uh, Western town. And uh, that's how I got started into Freemasonry. Um, unbeknownst to what I was getting into, et cetera, et cetera. I just had enough in my heart to, to kind of wonder what this was. And I, I had to find out for myself. And I'm glad I did because it's had a, such a dramatic impact on me and my life. Yeah, and just moving on to me, I guess uh, I had had a lot of intrigue since I was a young kid. I remember, I think it was fourth or fifth grade, uh, one of my best friends, he it was around Christmas time, and he said, hey, my dad's club is having a, a, a dinner, and he, he said I could bring a friend, and it's at the Masonic Lodge, and I said, hey, what's the Masonic Lodge? And at that age, when he tells you, you know, it's a secret club with a secret handshake and all that, like, you, you know, it piques your interest when when you're in fourth or fifth grade there so um i didn't end up going to the dinner for whatever reason but um i had always been intrigued with it from that point on and um you know as bert said when you start when when that you know in the back of your head you start seeing the symbols everywhere you know the square and compass start popping up everywhere so um throughout you know uh, my childhood and into my teens and uh young adulthood um i just always took interest in seeing that symbol everywhere so um, didn't know anyone. I, my dad, uh, dad, my grandfather uh, was a Mason, but my dad, dad died when my dad was about 12 years old. So um, never, you know, my dad didn't have much exposure and I didn't have any exposure either. Um, I did have a, my, my parents' uh, friend though, family friend who was a Mason and I would always see his Masonic ring all the time. And I always wanted to ask him about it, but I didn't know if I could ask and if it was polite to ask or you know, um, if it was intrusive to ask, so I just never asked him about it, but, uh, he was over for dinner one night. And again, I, I think I was at an age, I was beyond the age of 21. And I thought, you know, this is of more interest to me now more than ever. Um, and, uh, I didn't ask him about it, but when he went home that night, I would talk to my, my parents and I said, you know, what's, uh, what's Michael's ring all about? You know, I'm really interested in that. And, um, they didn't, they couldn't really answer, but the next day I got a phone call from Michael. <laughs> and uh, up until this point, I didn't know if, uh, I, I, to my understanding was you had to be asked to be a Mason. A Mason had to approach you um, and ask you if you wanted to join, uh, which was a, a misconception, of course. But um, Michael spent probably an hour on the phone with me just to, uh, talking about Freemasonry and uh, just opened the door for me. So uh, connected me actually to somebody um, in the local lodge in Uxbridge, Worshipful Brother, uh, Right Worshipful Brother Don Kemble, um, and uh, the rest is history from there. So it was really just the intrigue behind it at first. But, um, you know, I, at the time, uh, I wanted to go into policing. And I knew, you know, uh, you know, I would always hear that a lot of police officers were Mason. So, of course, in my head, I associated, you know, that, uh, you know, good citizen with Masonry. And so um, that's what drew me to it at the time. So. Uh, and yeah, here I am. <laughs> a little intrigue here. definitely goes a long way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I like the people that I met. You know, I met uh, four or five people at the lodge before, um, you know, filling out my application, and that uh, that solidified it for me. I, I saw the types of men they were. So, you you mentioned you touched on the reason that y'all created the podcast, uh, which was going to be my next question. I was curious if anyone had anything they wanted to add to to the why behind that. Oh, yeah. I'd love to hear uh, Sprotty and Gino talk yeah, about yeah. that a little bit. They, uh, <laughs> like what Bert said, you know, I mean, when we when we were approached, we had a, 
we had some changing of the guard uh, at our Anglican K and, and um, a new DGGM going in. And we really were kind of trying to be known more in public and kind of, you know, dispel some of that uh, misconception and such. And that was kind of the first idea that was kind of thrown our way. I mean, uh, I think it was Bert that had said, uh, you know, there's this app and it's uh, it's got this cool podcast and they're out in the New England area. Ezekiel Bates. There you Do go. You guys know Ezekiel Bates? I don't know if you remember them, but they were they were doing a podcast. They were kind of like uh, the first ones we ever came yeah. across to discover. And we're like, that's cool. And again, like I said, with the change in the guard that we were having here at the time, um, we were very much uh, kind of like asked or not even asked, but just, hey, run with it. Like if you want to put it out there. So it was cool to have kind of a couple brothers come together that were collectively kind of thinking on the same page in the sense of how can we bring masonry to your household and share kind of the, the great things that do come with it. I mean, it's, it's, it's about building a better man. It's about, you know, just doing better in your day to day. And that equates into taking care of your, yourself, taking care of your family, helping your neighbor, being a good uh, you know citizen of your community and such. So, that was kind of, I think, for, for me, when Bert kind of threw that at us, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Definitely, we got to look into this. And then I'm sure uh, Sprotty here will share his uh, take. But literally, as he said, he was a brand new mason, maybe a month into the craft. <laughs> we got our claws into him early. That, we had another I think it was three months. He was <laughs> making, <laughs> making his name known and run. And we, we talked about him actually he's coming on later. We're doing a show later tonight with Right Worshipful Brother Don Kimball. And uh, he said he he knew Bert and I were kind of helping the district out and doing things. And he's like, you have to call this guy. And that's he all actually I knows tell what you. he's like, doing. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I don't know. He's going to be great. And yeah. again, one month in, and I'm I'm guessing it's because of you know the meeting that you guys had uh, before. He already knew who you were before you were amazing. I mean, that's the cool thing of meeting your brother. Yeah, I think I showed a lot of enthusiasm right off the bat. As soon as I was initiated, I wanted to get involved in the lodge, and uh, basically right into it you can't do any work you know you um, we didn't have too much socially at the time going on in the lodge um within the lodge but we did like to travel i, I know that uh, um, our master at the time worshipful brother chris wilson really promoted us all getting out and traveling um to the other lodges and building that community there so um i hopped into traveling right away i mean that was kind of the contribution at the time is we had this traveling gavel competition let's see how many guys we can get out to another lodge for their official visit. So um, that was really it right off the bat is I tried to travel as much as possible and meet people. Um, yeah, right. Worshipful brother, uh, Don Kemble came to me and said, Hey, these guys from another lodge in Aurora, they want to uh, start a podcast. Do you know anything about that? And I thought to myself, you know, I don't know. My biggest pet peeve is when people don't really commit to things, you know, it's like they, <laughs> they, they accept responsibility, but then, uh, don't follow great. through on it. And I didn't know at the time, I mean, podcast is a huge undertaking as we've, as we've learned. And I'm, I'm sure you, I'm sure you guys are aware now <laughs> having, uh, how many episodes do you have? 60, give or take I saw on there, but, uh, anyways, um, so I was hesitant and, uh, I had a little bit of, uh, experience with recording programs. I used to, um, play music and things. Um, in high school. So I had a little bit of experience, never really bit off a, a podcast or anything, but uh, met Gino at a district meeting. District meeting, yeah. And uh, yeah, luckily we got along and uh, we met with Bert, <laughs> I think a 
week or two later yeah. and uh, we had a re- first recording session and luckily Man, we did awful too like, yeah it was their <laughs> world's worst i always want to every time i see that that episode i always yeah. want to delete it and say well the first one the first one's always awful it just has to be oh, it's, it's, terrible. A, it's, it's a rite of passage it just has to it just has to be terrible and no one yeah. ever wants to listen to it after they do it <laughs> just, and you know what that's, that's our most popular episode which makes it 10 times worse <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah, I mean, we we really hit it off and we all were very passionate about it, really worked well together, really got along, which is great because when you're partnered up with someone blind, you have no idea how things are going to turn out, you know. Um, so, you know, it, it, it worked out and uh, we're still sitting here today. With, uh, we've you know worked on other ventures together. So, you know, it was a perfect combination. So, yeah, we're proud of it. I think we also came from extremely humble beginnings because we started this project not because we wanted to be, you know, masonry famous, but uh, we really wanted to provide something just to our own district. It's about communication, And right? uh, we, we, we didn't have the podcast um, online anywhere available to the public for a while. And uh, we just had it available to our own district. And it was more of a news information source, really. Mm. Um, that's how it started out. But luckily, we had some great support from some Grand Lodge representatives. Uh, and they said, you know, take this and go with it, run with it. Um, you know, the, the word needs to be spread and we need more of these formats out there. So uh, luckily we were, we were supported from day one. So uh, I love it. yeah, that kind of merged into um, bringing it to, you know, public platforms and um, having people all over the world listening to uh, the first three knocks. So exciting stuff. Yeah. yeah that, that really changed. I mean, when we, we figured out how to get on to all the platforms and, um, man, it just kind of blew up from there even as well. We got our social media going. I mean, Steve's, Steve's got a lot of skill set, but he is, uh, he's a brilliant marketer and, and social media savvy. And, and he really got us set up and running. Um, so we got a lot of great guests on our show. We're, we're proud of a lot of the episodes we did. We're maybe less proud of some of the earlier ones <laughs> like anyone would be, but, um, but I, th- I think you said it, Justin, like you got to start somewhere and, and go through your rite of passage. And uh, I feel like we've done that and, and sort of earned our way up. Uh, an observation that I have made, and uh, I pointed this out in my, my last podcast, and I'll go ahead and point it out here also. The three of us have never had a conversation beyond email and messenger. But here we are talking like people that have known each other for quite a while. And that's the power of the fraternity. Uh, Absolutely. You know, yep. thousands of miles apart, and we're still united by that, that commonality of our fraternity. Yeah, that, that's one of the things I love again about this craft is uh, I, I, try to, I try to visit lodges of which I travel to different countries. And the few that I've been to are always warm welcome, like you've known each other for forever. Um, you know, you don't have that awkward moment. You just, do the natural that anybody can do extend your hand and greet them and wow what a warm greeting you get back Uh, and then just to know again our fraternity is so worldwide that if you ever are stuck anywhere there's always somebody that you know you don't have to have known them to speak to them for years and days they're just you know their heart is in the right place and they're there to help in any capacity that would mean and again that's so cool to to know that we're just a small little drop in the pond, but the pond or the ocean is just so big and just bigger than us. I'll tell you what I love about it. Um, Cause I travel quite a bit for my work and, and of course um, in society and, and life, you're always kind of putting on a face and uh, persona 
you are you don't want to offend or or come off as offensive uh, so you're cautious and, and it's just a different way of socializing but when you're around freemasons like we are tonight like you just mentioned justin um you can dispense with all of that and, and it really doesn't matter what your profession is like nobody really cares i mean it's a curiosity at best mm-hmm. but it's it's really unimportant and I'll, the example example i'd share is uh, Back in November, I had the good fortune of traveling to the Grand Lodge of uh, Minnesota. I was in Minneapolis, St. Paul uh, on business, and I kind of tied a lodge visit and um, an event that they had at the Grand Lodge of, of Minnesota. And I've, I've never met these brothers. It's just like you and I tonight chatting for the first time, a bunch of emails, phone calls, and we attended an event. We actually sponsored an event is, is how it played out. I had never been treated so well in my life by, by strangers. And it was, I know it's because they were Freemasons and they were brothers because the walls were already down, the hands were extended and they wanted to bring me into their world and under the tent and show me everything that they're proud of in in their jurisdiction. And it was a Mm -hmm. really cool experience. And I think that's what Freemasonry has to offer around the world. It doesn't matter if you're in Texas or up here in Canada or uh, Minnesota or in Cuba or in Europe, like it's the same topic mm-hmm. everywhere. Dennis could probably attest to this now that you're now that you're on. Uh, like when he went to when he went to Mexico, he would visit some of the the lodges in Mexico, and uh, the 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 way he was received is really what you would expect. Like w- from the outside looking in, like like the lodge sent a car to pick him up. Uh, things like that but the outside looking in that's what you expect right like like so and this was yeah and this was on a sunday i I, that saturday i I was visiting um with some of those brothers and and i just said hey i want to come by tomorrow and bam (laughs) they were there waiting for me with a sign you know and it's like that's that's just that's the way it works out in freemasonry you know that's that's how it should be yeah. It's just proper. It's proper. Yeah. I mean, what what a brilliant experience for you to know that you are safe, secure, and and wanted. I mean, the, the folks want you around, and they want to they want to bring you into their world. Like it's it's such a beautiful part of our. Yeah, and and, and not only yeah, and not only did they take me to the lodges, but they you know they they took me a, they were wanting to take me around town and all that kind of stuff. Anywhere I wanted to go, they were you know down to. Yeah. Just spend t- spend time with me. You know, that was it was awesome. One of the questions I wanted to ask is: every jurisdiction is a little different. Uh, the the kind of the as long as I've been in Mason, it's been like maybe 17, 18 years. There's always been kind of like this hand wringing about membership. Like there's like this this worry about the numbers. Is is that prevalent in your jurisdiction? Do you hear that conversation yep. come <laughs> up as much? Yeah, it's uh, it's a loud topic. For sure. Um, I, I mean, I'll give you a little context here for our jurisdiction to maybe set the stage for that that topic. In uh, the Grand Lodge of Canada in the province of Ontario, uh, that's where we are uh, geographically located. Uh, our numbers have gone somewhere from, I'm going to say, 67,000 down to 29,000 in the last um, 10 years, probably wow. right time jurisdiction uh, for that 
And of course, that rings the alarm bells and, and has uh, you know, our Grand Lodge quite concerned. And we, we sort of go through these waves where it's like time for a Masonic drive and we're going to get a bunch of new brothers and, and uh, fill our ranks, and, um, which is all, all good, uh, all, all important. But from my own perspective, what I would say is more important is that we focus on quality over quantity. And we've seen that just in our lodge as a small example. You know, we've, we've done uh, events where we've um, done friend-to-friend nights, et cetera, and we get 20 guys in and, and five of them are interested and then three uh, apply and then we end up with one that sticks sort of thing. And, and that guy is the guy we wanted. <laughs> you know, yeah. like he's, he's actually the one that's going to contribute, participate, bring value to the members of our lodge. Uh, and not just because he's making the green beans for dinner, like he's actually interested in the craft and, and wants to learn more. Um, that's really what we're after. And I suspect you have the same kind of scenario in, in your jurisdiction as well. Oh yeah, green beans every meal. <laughs> <laughs> and even even if you don't want them, you just gotta have them. It's like one of those yeah, yeah. But as, as, as far as the membership conversation goes, yeah, it's a uh, it, like it's it's been a concern for quite a while. And the approach or the mentality that Dennis and I have and Masonic Improvement has had is like what you said, let's, let's do quality over quantity. I'd rather have four quarters and a hundred pennies in my pocket. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's kind of a mentality that, that wasn't popular at first and it's growing here in Texas. Uh, I can't, it definitely is. Definitely yeah, I can't is. speak for other jurisdictions, but I know, there, there's a lot of different, and I don't, I don't credit Masonic Improvement for any of it by any means, but I credit us as a whole, what you're doing, what we're doing, what the other podcasts are doing, because there seems to be a, a, a common theme behind a lot of these conversations that are taking place on these podcasts. And I think that's, that's a reason that a lot of conversations that you just could not have at your lodge uh, 20 years ago are, are accepted now. Um, as far as like quality over quantity and, and and other things like dues and stuff like that, you would never talk about that. It just it was what it was. With um, our Grand Lodge in particular, I think it's it's not so much we're we're just about at the flatline point in in our grand jurisdiction, which is about sixty nine thousand, but that's little bitty for our big old state. But still, we're at a flatline point to where we're ready to start growing pretty soon. But it's the infrastructure that's killing us because we have a lodge in every little town trying to yeah. support that lodge instead of instead of getting together and and really you know able to support each other and our lodge. I think that's that's one of the issues we deal with. I don't know if it's the same where you guys are at. I just I wanted to so. jump on and say that real quick. Yeah, no, you know what? That's a great point because I think that's exactly what we're seeing here. And I think one of our grandmasters recently has spoken of that point too to say. You know, we don't need to have what once upon a time was a lodge in every small town because they no longer can sustain what they're doing for the costs that we have to support sometimes. And and so is it is it pride? You know, I don't want to be the one that sits at the master's chair to suggest to the five brethren that we can't make quorum here um, <laughs> that we need to shut down this 180-year-old building that's been serving its community for, for that long. Like, you know, I get it, right? But at the same time, you got to look to to kind of strengthen 
your community. And if that means that, especially these days, you know, getting around on horse and buggy back in the day might've been difficult, Yeah. but now we all hop in these gas powered and electric powered cars and to go to the next town is a five minute, you know, jolt down the street. So I think we, we're better connected these days. I think we need to look at ourselves and say, what is, what's the most important for the craft? And I think also, you know, Justin, you talked about it, having what we all do collectively here to raise awareness in that good, positive sense for uh, masonry through podcasts, through blogs, through videos, through vlogs, whatever we're doing. Being relevant, right? Well, we're being yes. relevant. We're, I think we're, we, we turn that page just to say, hey, and this is not a knock on the experience of all the wonderful Grand Lodge uh, officers and, and brethren that have come before us, but we're, we're bringing that that younger flair, if you will, that younger taste. Yeah. We recognize yeah. what, you know, 30 and 40 year olds, even 20, young 20 some odd year olds might want these days. And so instead of the, the old boys club, if you want to call it that we try, you know, we don't innovate, we don't change tradition. We don't change those secrets, but how can we attract newer members that they just don't know how to ask to be a part of the event that we're hosting. So we open it to, again, a doors open event that the town runs. We, we show we're part of the town community at the same time, not so secretive in the sense of, hey, come on in, the doors open. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, when we do that, uh, I think Grand Lodges across the world recognize, wait a minute, there is a platform here to mm-hmm. be in the public eye that's not so negative. And it's just a matter of putting in the right mix of experience and newer um, blood if you will to to bring forward what we're looking for with that new that new look so again you know i applaud all of us for the efforts we do uh, grand lodge didn't knock on our door and ask us to do this we did it because in our heart we wanted to be able to share the experience well brothers i i know i know we're all getting short on time Th- this is one of those many conversations that we have and i'm sure you have these on your podcast too that they could last four or five hours if if time would no, absolutely it feels so, this way yeah yeah <laughs> I oh, definitely yeah, appreciate all of you taking time uh, out of your out of your evening to to come onto the show. Do y'all have any last words that you want to uh, to add before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, brethren, I just wanted to say thank you for inviting us on to your show. Um, it's an honor to uh, participate with you guys down in Texas. We are truly sorry we can't be there with you all at your Grand Lodge communication this upcoming week, but we wish you well. Much love from the north. And uh, we plan on being there next year in awesome. uh, 2024. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Thanks again, brothers. Y'all take right. care. Have a good All night. Right. Thank you, guys. You too.